0: Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel, with my wife, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has a unique call on your life? But things like fear, insecurities, and lies keep us from experiencing God's best. This podcast will consist of real talk Talk about real life with real people. We pray that every episode brings you one step closer to your original design so you can confidently pursue your God-given dreams.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and today I have a very special guest and friend of mine, Jamila Jackson, who is the founder of Loved Blessed Box. Now, I have to be honest with you about this episode. Her and I actually recorded it several months ago, and I thought the audio was lost, and my producer was able to salvage it. And I was so excited because our conversation was so good. We got extremely real about topics like depression, about judgment and, ha- and idols. Both of us got honest with each other and with you all about some of the things that we wrestled through. So this is going to be one of those episodes that you are probably going to sit and go, me too. I can relate and it's going to really break some chains. So let's just go ahead and jump right in to this conversation I had with Jamila. Hey, Jamila, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. I'm so excited to finally have you on this podcast. I was telling you earlier that I just definitely felt like you were somebody that God put on my heart. I met you at Declare for the first time, and then I've been following you online, and I just absolutely love everything that you're doing. So I'm excited to have you here.
0: No, I'm excited to be here and talking to you. Since we live in two different places, it's kind of fun to be able to, you know, get a time to chat.
1: Yeah. So let's just start today by telling us a little bit about yourself. But then also, I would love for you to go into what you do with your loved and blessed boxes.
0: Sure. Uh, Let's see. I always have a hard time talking about myself. So a little about myself. I guess for a long time, I've always been a person who loved kind of fashion and then also loved uh, just working with and talking to and getting to know people. And so that Led me career-wise into um, product development and manufacturing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, along the way, I got married and uh, was obviously mean, was I am super excited and blessed to be married to a wonderful man. And then when we started trying to have children and start a family, um, we realized that I have some challenges uh, that led to infertility. And so, in that kind of long story short, I uh, just felt really led. I was kind of at a point in my life where I was trying to figure out what God had for me, if it wasn't motherhood, potentially. And so in that, I basically kind of went on a fast, and I was fasting and praying and trying to figure out, you know, what is it that the Lord wants me to do with my life, you know, if we aren't going to be blessed with children. And so in that, I really felt led from the Lord to encourage other women who are going through different challenges in life. And so that's really where kind of Loved and Blessed came from. It's a box of encouragement. And it really kind of started as just me wanting to leave a legacy of something, a legacy of encouragement. And it's kind of grown now into a full business. Uh, And I made a very scary decision, but with a lot of prayer myself, and then also my husband and I prayed on it a lot to leave my job of 14 years that I loved to uh, start this business full time. And so, yeah, ultimately, it's kind of turned into this community of women, um, just encouraging each other through the ups and downs of life.
1: Wow, I love that. So tell me more about because I know people listening today, there's a lot of women who want to start businesses. But that is a huge risk, like you said, I mean, you, you really stepped out. So what would you say to somebody who has that on their heart? Maybe it's a business, maybe it's just a blog, or a ministry, Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. What would you say to them?
0: Well, the biggest thing I would say first, um, and this is something that I have to continuously do, but is to really pray about whether or not it's what the Lord wants you to do or whether it's something that you just have a desire to do. And I know those can be the same thing, but they can also be different. And so I think through not only the process of um, going through infertility and kind of accepting that, you know, whatever the Lord's plans for me are good, even if it means not becoming a mother. It's kind of a similar thing with this business now as my kind of baby that I have that he's given me. It's really been a process of continual submission to what his will is. So I would say for anyone who's interested in, in starting any sort of new venture, like you said, number one is to really pray about what the Lord wants to do through that. And, you know, it doesn't mean that your business has to necessarily be a, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean your business has to specifically be a Christian brand or a Christian based business. But whatever it is that you're doing, hopefully will put positivity and love and into the world and something that will make him proud. And so I would just say to continually pray before you start this venture, when you start the venture, that he'll keep you on track. And just, yeah, all the way through. And I know that seems simple. Sometimes I have a hard time answering, not saying pray, because I feel like everybody says that. But it really is true, like fasting and praying and trying to understand what it is that he's put on your heart, why it's there, and like how you can go after it in a way that glorifies him ultimately.
1: I love that. So whenever I first chatted with you about coming on the show... One of the topics we were going to talk about is depression. And yeah. we are going to talk about another topic here in a minute, but I actually am feeling led to kind of stop and talk about depression a little bit and ask you, did depression start to rise up in the infertility, and in the start of the business? Where was that at point in life?
0: You know, actually, it's something that I don't remember ever not having a challenge with, um, even as a child. As a child, it wasn't something that I, you know, I didn't know that that's what it was. It's always kind of looking back on it, I'm realizing. And I wasn't actually, di- I've been diagnosed with clinical depression. So it's, you know, there are some people who go through seasons of depression. You know, we all experience that, you know, whether it's grief over a loss of a loved one or um, just, you know, a lot of challenges in life. But I've actually been diagnosed with clinical depression in my, I guess it was my mid-20s. Before that, I was just always the sensitive child. Um, I was always just kind of the one who felt my emotions or you could see my emotions in my face no matter what. And I was just, you know, uh, the one that people just worried that if they said something to me, I would just kind of bust out in tears. And I really didn't recognize that it was actually a a serious, serious issue until I was probably a teenager. And so going through infertility and other challenges in life, of course, didn't help that. And it, you know, exacerbated it. But I think that, you know, for me as a Christian, I always felt like I couldn't talk about how I was feeling um, because a lot of times, you know, uh, and I think that's why I'm so sensitive to answering questions with, you know, pray about it, because Mm -hmm. I think people would say that to me and I would, it would actually make me feel worse because I would really pray and I, it didn't necessarily fix the depression. Right. Um, And I always, I tried to hide um, what I was feeling from other people because I was worried about what they would think about, you know, what I was actually feeling on the inside if I was real and just honest about, you know, and transparent about the struggle I was going through. It's interesting. It's one of those things that for me, and it's different for everybody, but for me, the depression hasn't necessarily gone away, but it has gotten to the point where I recognize it. I know what my body feels like or what my thoughts start to feel like when it's happening. And the spirit really does gird me, like strengthens me in those moments. Um, And it's so different now. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, when we were first kind of talking about like, what topics could we discuss? One of the reasons why that was on my heart is because I know so many women, but you know, men also that go through depression, but also that have children that struggle with depression. And that, you know, I've had friends that I've talked to about it who are fearful of, you know, medications and psychologists or, you know, therapists and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things, you know, everybody is different and has, you know, different opinions around it. I can only speak for me personally, but I know for me personally, um, there was a period of time where I needed to see a therapist regularly. I was prescribed an antidepressant and I was on that medication for, um, I want to say it was about a two years probably. And I think for me, the most important thing about that period of time was recognizing that when you have depression, you don't actually understand that your mind processes information differently than other people, because that's just the way that you think. You know, I didn't know that other people didn't get um, worked up over certain things or that their minds didn't spiral to all the negative thoughts the way that mine would at things that other people seem to be able to handle very easily. And so I personally had to get to a point where I was okay with going to see a therapist and actually talking it out, as well as being able to, for me, it was important to take the medication because I realized in taking it, that, wow, this is the way other people process things when, you know, when this stressful thing happens or someone says this to them, you know, my mind, when I was on a medication, didn't spiral the same way it did when I wasn't on it. And so it was important for me to also get off of the medication. So, um, like I said, I only took it for about two and a half years, but in the taking it, it actually helped me understand how my brain is wired a little differently than some other people's. And that clarity, honestly, has made a huge difference in what I feel like is my ability to like daily be able to recognize when those thoughts that I'm having aren't right, you know, and they aren't of God, but they also aren't, they're just not right. (laughs) And so I can identify that and call that out a lot easier now than I could before. I don't know. That's a topic that's always dear to my heart because, you know, I'm not a therapist or psychiatrist or, you know, so I can't give specific medical advice. But I just from my personal standpoint, I know it was really hard for me with depression, but then also with infertility to be able to find other people, um, you know, even within my Christian friends who were comfortable talking about it and letting me share and knew what to say to kind of help me along. You know, it's a hard topic to discuss.
1: Yeah, I feel like you're shining a spotlight. And this is one of my hearts for this podcast is just talking about things that don't get talked about, because I love to let other women know and men, too, that they're not alone. I feel like that's one of the biggest lies the enemy brings us when we walk through something, is you're alone, you're a loser, you're the only one who struggles with this, there's no one you can talk to. I mean, all the silly lies, because we all have an area of struggle. If it's not depression, it's something else. Everybody has a thorn in their side. I've never met one person in my entire life (laughs) that does not have some kind of thorn in their side and they know that thorn, they recognize it and they have seasons where they're overcoming it and other seasons, not so much. So I love that you just hit the nail on the head on that. to take a minute and tell you about my favorite subscription box from loved and blessed it's not about what's in this box as much as it is care for your soul gifts are my love language and when i first saw these encouragement boxes it was love at first sight for only $19.99 you or someone you love get a monthly care package a downloadable workbook a monthly blog and access to their private online community i sent these as gifts to friends and family members for birthdays or tough seasons and they always bless them. So use code REALTALK for a free gift with your subscription and you can find that link in today's show notes. So go check them out. So one thing that you hit on that I want to ask you about is depression in kids. Do you feel like I know you're not a therapist, like you said, but since you were a kid who struggled with depression, what would you say were signs and symptoms that other parents could look for in their kids?
0: So um, I kind of pulled back into my shell. So when things would go you know, wrong or I would get in trouble, you know, I was always the child who basically, you know, you, you could say stop that or that I did something wrong and I would literally just like burst out in tears. So I was very expressive with mine. Um, where, like I said, I got labeled the sensitive child. I think for me, the biggest thing is just talking to your child. I think that in a lot of ways, it was kind of self-fulfilling prophecy where because I was a sensitive child, then adults and even my parents wouldn't want to say anything or do anything to hurt me or you know make me feel bad. And so then it kind of became this cycle of then not addressing things and not talking to me about different things that might have been going on. And so I think that actually added to my challenges with depression because I just pulled more and more into myself. And so I think if you have a child who you don't have an open dialogue with, I think that to me is probably the biggest suggestion I could give is to try to open a dialogue with them because you never know whether it's, you know, depression or anxiety, or if they're just being bullied at school. Like there's so many things these kids have to deal with now that I can't even imagine that, you know, I'm thankful that I've never had to deal with. So I guess for me, it would I would suggest just trying to focus on having a, as open of a dialogue as possible so that you can identify whether or not there is a serious concern or if it's a situational thing, right? So if it's a situation that can be dealt with, then, you know, it's easier to deal with versus um, if there's actually a clinical thing going on. And I think teaching your children not to be scared of expressing how they're feeling, um, you know, in a safe environment with people that they can trust to share with is a huge kind of first step in in getting there.
1: Yes. And amen to that, to parents having that open dialogue. That's so good. Okay, so everything that we talked about so far is just bonus content because we hadn't planned on talking (laughs) about this, but I tried to be as spirit led as possible on these podcasts and I just felt like God wanted us to hang out there for a minute, but I want to get to, so before um, you came on the podcast, I emailed you and I just asked, because that's my heart for this podcast, is what's on your heart that you feel like God is really just highlighting and convicting you of or something that you feel like yeah this should be talked about so go ahead and share with me what you put briefly in the email
0: yeah I still thinking about it and processing it now but the over this past Easter weekend my husband and I you know we were going to church and of course it's Easter so it's gonna be even more crowded than normal so we decided okay let's leave a little early so we can get a good parking space and you know and all that kind of stuff and so we um, actually got there. There's a service before the, the service that we usually go to. And so we were actually sitting parked in the car waiting for the earlier service to let out. And uh, we were sitting there. Another couple drove up and parked in front of us. And, you know, they started to get out of the car. And as a lot of us do, uh, the young lady got out of the car and she was adjusting her, you know, her outfit and everything um, as she got out. And she had bent over to adjust her shoes. And when she did that, she was wearing a white, uh, like long, almost like a pencil skirt. And when she bent over to adjust her shoes, I could see her underwear. Mm. Um, and I made a comment to my husband and I said, you know, she should have known. And I don't know if these are my exact words, but something to the effect of, you know, like she should have known that she couldn't, you know, shouldn't bend over like that when she's wearing a, you know, a white skirt. And my husband stopped and he said, okay, Pharisee. And he made some other comment. Now, thankfully it's my husband's when, you know, those comments, but I was very thankful in that moment that in some ways he was highlighting something that, uh, I'm kind of ashamed to say I still fall into, which in a, this is going to sound really funny, but, uh, what the Lord's is, um, that in some ways I've become a fashion. Thief. It's the sense that you know, I judge people for something that I've been judged for also my whole life. And it's something that I felt really convicted about really all this past week, but it brings up for me other times in my life where I felt either I was on the giving end of that judgment or on the receiving end of that judgment and just the recognition that I still have work to do in that area.
1: That's so good. Have you read the book, How to Stop the Pain? No. Yeah. I was required to read that last semester for one of my classes at King's University and it did that exact same thing. I didn't think I was a judgmental person which if by the way If you don't think you're a judgmental person, you're a judgmental person. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like when you don't know who the weird one is in a group, then you're the weird one in the group. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, if you don't see it in yourself, then it's probably you. So, yeah, I just didn't realize how bad it was until I read that book. And I was like so convicted and it was so painful. But what's interesting, though, about since it's painful when the Lord convicts us of that. Mm-hmm. But the beauty is I feel like my love for other people has grown so much since he's showed me how ju- judgmental I am, like of everything, yeah. silly things. I'm like, why am I judging that? I don't I don't know why I'm judging that. But in a way, we're almost taught that in our culture yeah. to judge people and like that it's not even a bad thing sometimes. And we don't even realize it's judgment at times. It, we think yeah. it's just our opinion or you know, whatever it might be, but it's just judgment. That's all it is. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and I think it's, I think part of the reason too, why I've just, I've really been focused on it so much in the last few days is because it's one of those things that I actually talk about a lot, you know, when I'm trying to encourage other people, it's like, I, Share a lot about the different things that have happened to me throughout my life where people have judged me based on what I look like or even just, you know, I always tell people that I'm a recovering shopaholic because I've always loved fashion and I love shopping But I've realized in the last, I don't know, probably 10 years that I used clothing in so many ways and I still use it, but as like self-protection. And it's kind of my way of fitting into the world, you know, in those situations where I didn't feel like I fit in, I could always fit in by, because I knew that I could, you know, wear an outfit that people would be like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. And, you know, that might've made me seem confident on, on the outside. But on the inside, I was like a complete mess or, you know, my husband comments sometimes that I, I tend to wear clothes that are actually bigger, like too big or baggy (laughs) and, or just very loose fitting. And part of that is actually a self protection thing because I've had so many people throughout my life comment on, you know, things that I was wearing and it has less to do with whether it was appropriate or not but more to do with just this is the way my body is shaped. So if I wear jeans that other people wear, I have a large, you know, as they say, I have junk in the trunk. So (laughs) it might look a little more inappropriate on me, even though it's not, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I recognize that I've taken it kind of to the extreme to where I'm most comfortable in things that are oversized, even though, you know, there's no reason for me to be buying things that are two and three sizes too big. But that's kind of become my style. Yeah. Um, and so it's I think that's why it kind of hurts my heart so much to recognize that I can be judgmental in that way towards other people because you know again it's like that self-fulfilling prophecy of I'm not sure what happened first if me feeling judged happened so then I started judging other people because I I kind of learned incorrectly that that's how you look at the world or if that judgmental part of me has always been there you know I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's so good. You're stepping on toes over here because I also am a struggling, <laughs> recovering slash struggling clothes addict. And that yeah. was something that last semester, again, in that same course I took, that God really spoke to me. And I had to, I even felt God tell me like to apologize to my husband for overspending on clothes. And just, it was ugly. I mean, yeah. you know, it was one of those moments you're like, oh, gag. But I remember when he really spoke it to me was that I was preparing to speak at an event and I had a thought of, I need a new shirt to wear. Uh-huh. And I felt like God say, do you need a new shirt to wear? And I'm like, well, yeah, that, is that even a question? Like do you really go to a new place, especially if you're speaking or doing something and you don't buy something new? That's Uh-oh. that's crazy talk. And he's like, People aren't there to see your shirt, you know, they're not I yep. mean, that's fine to look you know, it's such a fine line, just like everything in life, but because of course I do believe God wants us to look beautiful and of feel course. beautiful and all that fun stuff, but not when it's an idol. Not when exactly. I think, Oh, if I don't get a new shirt, I can't go. You know, like <laughs> like I mean the whole world's gonna crash down if I don't find that perfect shirt. And we've all done it. We've spent all day long looking for the perfect top and still didn't find it and left depressed and maybe overspent on one we didn't even really like in the first place. And so, yeah, I love that.
0: Well, and I think it's also it's funny because it's one of those pendulum swings where it also I find myself doing that. And then I also find that opposite thing, like I said, where I use it to cover myself up, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's not even. Sometimes, you know, like I feel like the Lord got me past. That's why I say recovering. It's like he's got me past the like needing to go buy new stuff phase. But it's interesting because now I feel like he's working on the like being comfortable in my own body phase where I don't feel like, okay, I have to stand in front of this room full of people. So I'm going to wear this huge baggy outfit because then nobody can see my body or judge how tight or loose my pants or my skirt is. Yeah. Um, And so I feel like that's even somewhere where I'm now kind of trying to, I don't know, I guess love myself the way that I am and accept that, you know what, if I wear something and somebody doesn't think that it's appropriate not to let that completely rock my perception of myself.
1: Yeah. You're hitting on something also that when I actually speak on body image, we talk a lot about how people pendulum swing between obsession and neglection
0: And how neither
1: are healthy lands to live in. You know, it's not good to live in the land of obsession and make it an idol. But then a lot of times when we have our eyes opened to the fact that something is an obsession, we swing over to neglect and we go, well, then I'm just not going to do any of it. Well, Mm -hmm. no, that's not healthy either. We need to find that middle ground. So yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and then, you know, too, I, I think one of the other things that I've it's kind of been on my heart since this past weekend, and, and that experience too, is, is how do we better handle talking to each other when we do need to say something about what each other is wearing, right? Yeah, because there are maybe it's appropriate. And I I mean, I had a really, for me, traumatic experience at a, uh, a Christian marriage retreat that my husband and I had went to a few years back. And uh, again, because I'm, One of those people who my mind is like, okay, let me cover up everything because I don't want anybody to, you know, comment on anything that I have on. And so I was literally wearing a long sleeve t-shirt, a sweater, a long skirt that went over my knees, tights, and like boots, like tall boots. So like you could probably only see my wrists. (laughs) Oh, and I was wearing a scarf. (laughs) So I think you could only see my wrists. Um, and I was actually at a, a the marriage, uh, retreat and we had separated into women and men and all the women were sitting in a circle. And, uh, the lady who was facilitating the conversation with the wives, she was talking and I was really enjoying it. We were all sitting and all of a sudden a lady stood up from across the circle and, you know, you can imagine this is a room where everybody, we're all looking at each other because we're sitting in a big circle. She got up and she walked directly across to me, took out a, like a scarf that I don't even where it came out of her pocket. I have no idea where the scarf came from. And she laid it over my knees and then went back and sat down. And, like, the whole room just stopped in that moment. And I just remember, of course, I'm mortified because I'm like, first, I didn't really understand what was going on for a second. And then I realized, like, oh, I think she thinks because my tights were like a, I don't know, I'm a black girl, but I'm fairly light-skinned and my tights were probably closer to my skin color, I guess she thought that my knees were showing and that it was inappropriate. And so like that, first of all, I was mortified. Thankfully, the facilitator stopped and actually addressed that that was inappropriate because, of course, I start crying because I'm in a room full of women that I don't know. Um, And to be kind of called out in that way uh, was just really inappropriate. And it it was so hurtful. But that's And that's just one. I've had some different experiences like that um, happen. And this is a room full of Christian women, you know. Who are supposed to be loving on each other and helping each other in their marriages. And so, you know, of course, I found a lot of support in the room because, you know, everybody was kind of shocked that that had happened. But it's it just reminds me of, you know, a lot of us have been in churches sometimes where we felt uncomfortable or been made to feel uncomfortable or people who don't even want to go to church because they don't feel like they have the right thing to wear. And so I, I don't know, I think that that, again, that experience in my, like I said, fashion Pharisee thoughts that I was having at Easter um, during that Easter service and, you know, judging what the young lady had on, it just made me think back to that and kind of, I didn't say anything to the young lady, of course, but I'm just, you know, in those situations where we feel led that we should say something? How do we do that in love and compassion when we need to pull somebody aside? And I don't know if I have the answer, but I guess that's just something that I've just been thinking a lot about.
1: Well, I love how our conversation today has beautifully illustrated Real Talk because that's what this is. Neither you or I have answers on yeah. on on any of these topics, depression and the judgment and the Pharisee, all this. But I feel like the power that's released is us starting to talk about these things i don't feel like anyone ever gets all the answers to any topic and what worked for me may not work for you you know that's where god comes into the picture of he knows the details of what's going on so that's what i think the power is that we're talking about it and bringing it into the light for starters that's the first step here okay so i want to finish with us just chatting about you are an encourager at heart And what do you do to get poured back into yourself?
0: Um, That's always fun. I always tell people you're an encourager, too, which is I love, which is why I love your podcast and everything that you've been doing um, and your blog. You know, it's funny. I feel like everyone needs encouragement and sometimes it's hard to admit it, Um, especially encouragers. I feel like need encouragement, too, because we pour out all the time. Um, And sometimes we feel that pressure to always put up a facade that everything's okay, but you know, our lives are just as hard as anyone else's. And so for me, I think first and foremost is I am someone who flourishes well with a consistent schedule. Um, So for me, it's making sure that I have my quiet time every morning um, with the Lord. So whether that's prayer, or it could be just Bible study, or it could be reading, or sometimes it's just listening to a Christian podcast, or even sometimes it's watching sermons um, online, you know, in the middle of the week, you know, sometimes it's just being poured into in that way. Um, Other times it's conversations with friends. So honestly, you know, conversations like this, where it's like, I realize that we're on a podcast, but at the same time, it's, you know, we're just having a talk, a chat. And that a lot of times can just fill you back up, being able to um, share what's on your heart and kind of talk through and process it, you know, reading. So there's a lot of great books um, on a lot of different topics. And I have to work on not reading one book and finishing it and not having like three books going at the same time. But uh, reading is a big one for me. And then music, music. And as embarrassing as this is, listening to praise music and dancing around my house. Um, I yeah, love it. <laughs> that, yeah, I get caught in the kitchen a lot of times, cooking or cleaning while, uh, yeah, dancing. And my husband can't hear the music because I have my headphones on, but yeah, he finds it pretty amusing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love that. So as we wrap up today, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about where people can follow you um, and how they can can connect to you, basically online.
0: Yeah. So, um, the easiest way to follow me would just be to follow um, at Loved Blessed Box, which is basically our handle on. Uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and all those fun places. I do most of my uh, kind of chatting and connecting through Facebook and we have a private Facebook group called Loved and Blessed Ladies. So if anybody wants to um, join that, just let us know that you uh, heard about us through the podcast and we'll uh, include you in the group. And that group, honestly, and, you know, I know there's a lot of Facebook groups out there, but for me, it's just a place to come. And there's just so many beautiful women in there who really just have a heart for encouraging each other, um, you know, who come there because they need encouragement, but also just want to share and encourage each other. So that's kind of the the place I spend a lot of time chatting and praying with the ladies.
1: Great. So you're going to give away a loved and blessed box to one of our listeners today, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so some ways that you guys can enter to win that is to leave an iTunes review, but then we'll also have some other fun ways. So just check out the show notes and you'll find all the information for that in there. Awesome. Yeah, so thank you so much, Shamila, for being on here today and just your time and your heart and really just bringing some topics into the light that I know will bless so many people. Really appreciate it. No,
0: thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Didn't you just love that conversation with Jamila? So I want to do something a little bit different than I have ever done in the outro. And I really felt God tell me to pray over anybody who's listening today that is struggling with depression in particular. And so, Lord, we just lift every single person to you today that is hearing the sound of my voice God, I know it's through your authority in Jesus Christ that I'm able to speak and chains are able to break. So, right now, I just speak to anybody who has a spirit of heaviness or depression lingering over them and command it to go in the name of Jesus Christ. You will have joy that is overflowing abundantly. All right, friends, um, I'm excited for you. I have full expectation that just you listening to today's episode and receiving that prayer that I just simply spoke, something is going to change in your life today. And I can't wait to hear your testimonies. And I just want to encourage you, go check out what Jamila is up to and her company, Loved and Blessed. I absolutely adore that God is using something that the enemy meant for evil in her life and totally is using it for good and she now encourages other people so go check out what she's doing over there and don't forget that as a listener you get to use that very special code real talk rachel and you get a free gift with your subscription all right friends that is it for today and we'll see you next time on real talk with rachel